Okay, we're office. having enough fun with the jokes. How about we move it on with the warm up? Okay, what the How fuck? How about the warm up? You're gonna get short with me. You're gonna bring your shit into this. Space? You know how they say, Did you say don't office? bring your life into work and don't bring your work into life. It's all the same for me. That Venn diagram is a circle. All the grudges I hold from everywhere else live in every other part of my life. Yes, office. to what was supposed to be a supplemental reading of Godzilla, but we forgot to watch the film. So welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's Regretful John, who didn't watch Godzilla. And together we're Henry and Regretful John, who didn't watch Godzilla, coming at you to discuss everything that's not Godzilla that's happening in the cultural zeitgeist. Yes, which is a shame, because I'd say this week is maybe the last week you'd be able to talk about anything Godzilla-related and still actually kind of be within the zeitgeist. It would be pretty irresponsible to talk about Godzilla after this point. Yeah, it would be totally insane if after this week, anyone who is producing content today decided to start... Uh, watching all of the Godzilla films from, not all of the Godzilla films, but the most recent WB-produced Godzilla films uh, and doing supplemental readings on those instead of talking about what's happening. That would be negligible. Yeah, really bad return on investment, unless, of course, they were to turn that into maybe a conversation of the works about Hideaki Anno uh, creator of Neon Genesis Evangelion, Shin Godzilla, and recently, or at least in 2021, Shin Ultraman. There's a Shin Ultraman? There is going to be a Shin Ultraman and a Shin Kamen Rider. A Shin Kamen Rider? That makes no sense. I'm very excited. Okay. Well, that's We'll talk exciting. about it later, maybe. That's exciting, and maybe that's grounds for, for doing this mad experience, experiment we're going to be doing, which is watching... The most recent Godzilla series and uh, talking about what we like. What is it good? Is it bad? Is it Godzilla enough to pass the. Um, what's Japanese for Bechdel? Oh, uh, Bechdel. Okay. The Bechdel test. Yeah. Uh, however, the Bechdel test we are talking about is if uh, two characters can each say two lines without referencing Godzilla. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have that in every Godzilla film. Everybody knows that. Yeah, uh, but in Godzilla off, films, people don't talk enough about Godzilla. You think they would talk more about Godzilla? You know, if I lived in a world where Godzilla existed, I feel like I would bring it up in every conversation. 
Yeah, but I also feel like there's a lot of crazy things that exist in this world that we don't talk about uh, every time we uh, we start a conversation. So maybe people have just gotten used to Godzilla. Like maybe, people have gotten uh, used to Alex Jones or Quicksand. Or Alec Baldwin. No, well, I'd start most conversations by talking about Alec Baldwin. Thankfully, those get cut from the finished episode of the podcast. Yeah, you won't stop bringing them up. But it's summer, John. It's the summer of Godzilla and also the summer of tasty, light, refreshing, sessionable beers. Yes, uh, it sure would be a shame if one of us brought a uh, decidedly unsessionable beer uh, to the proceedings. Henry, what are you drinking? Uh, tonight, I'm diving into the, the mountains of Colorado, my friend, for I am drinking a Breckenridge Brewery Fine Ales and Lagers. This is a summer pills, a bright bohemian-style pilsner. That's what it says on the tin, and that's what I got. Wow, this is a, a new This is new for you, the first pilsner on the podcast since Hans Pills. Yes. Um, so what happened was ever since we got this delightful little ball of evil named Deli, my puppy, um, I have not been able to leave the house as much because somebody has to keep an eye on her. And uh, Jamie offered to go. I forget. She wanted to pick up. That's this is our friends were having a birthday party for their cat. Uh huh. And she wanted to pick up a cat toy for a birthday present. And I said, that's fine. As long as you also bring back drinks for us to drink during said cat birthday party. And she's like, what do you want? I was like, I just said something light and refreshing and, and summery. And she knows that I like Breckenridge Brewery. I very much like their vanilla porter. And so she picked this up because it's a seasonal thing from them. And uh, I have to say, she knocked it out of the park. This is a light, refreshing little uh, weedy, weedy little pilsner. Now, I have not followed the brief exactly, uh, so I similarly uh, have, a, have a demon in my house named Leo, who is uh, the contemporary, one might say, <laughs> sibling, uh, some also might say, uh, of your dog, Deli, and I can't leave the house much, but when I do, I make sure that I invest in something that's uh, going to contribute meaningfully to my mental health. So today is pretty special. I am actually drinking a Bell's Two-Hearted Ale, probably, arguably, one of the best beers made. Probably one of the best beers ever made. Wow, that is uh, some high praise. Um, Would you even venture to describe it? Yeah, so uh, Two-Hearted Ale is an American IPA. It's also won, like, the Home Brewers Association number one beer for the last, like, I don't know, 10 years in a row or something. Uh, but it, it's an American IPA, which is a unique style. Uh, typically with IPAs right now, you get a bunch of different hops. Uh, they're like, ah, Mosaic and Simcoe and all this other hazy stuff. Uh, yeah. This American IPA is 100% Centennial hops. Uh, so you get the good and bad. It, it's super hopped with one specific kind of hop. So you get both the the nice, refreshing grapefruit and also the intense pine Hmm. So you get the sweet, sweet foretaste with the slightly bitter aftertaste that people have come to love and enjoy from IPAs. Indeed. And it also, since it's an American IPA, it's a little bit more malt forward. So it tastes uh, bready 
and pleasant and like a little corn oily. It's it's extremely well balanced. It it is a truly truly delicious beer. Well, that sounds delightful. All I can say about the Pilsner is that it uh it doesn't taste too heavy on the tongue. And it's beer. That's all you need. I think that I'm going to start moving into into sessionable sessionable beers. You know your your Saint Arnold lawn mowers and your Saint Elmo. Huh. Two Saints back to back. Didn't even think of it. Your your Saint Saint Elmo's Carl Kolsch's. I'm excited to move into into lighter, more fun beers. So because the IPA cave uh is I'm gonna emerge. I'm gonna emerge from the IBA game where where they have been there have been pictures what is cast in front of a fire. Oh, and I've been looking okay. at the reflections on the wall in the IPA cave of other flavors of beer, and I will emerge. Oh my god. Okay, here's my case for emerging from uh some of these heavier IPAs or and porters in my case. Um it's April 13th, as is the recording of this episode, and today it was 90 degrees. Yes, it is uh, truly horrible. Our it, air conditioner broke yesterday. Holy shit. How are you even drinking? Uh, we fixed it. It, okay, it got good. fixed. That, so my point is, you know, a lot of it's time to be outside with friends. And then, of course, in this continuing continuing quarantine uh, COVID atmosphere, meeting outside with friends is more acceptable than meeting inside in spaces. Um, so it's like you're outside. What are you going to drink? A heavy porter that's going to weigh you down and be sticky in the mouth and just kind of make you feel lethargic in this 90 degree heat? Or this light, refreshing uh, Pilsner that it barely, it's like drinking air with the similar effects of drinking alcohol. And uh, I I feel like uh, the decision makes itself. The Pilsner wins every time. I mean, I think that there are so many interesting beers we can be getting into right now. I mean, I'm a Michelada person. I want to get back into Micheladas. Uh, But I mean, your Gozes, your Saisons, your Sours, your Light Lagers, your Lighter Ales, your Ambers... Beautiful summer beers are opening up to us. I just have to emerge from the IPA cave. Yeah, emerge from that cave. And I highly recommend everyone right now in the spring moment to to seek out like a fruit beer, a fruit forward beer. Maybe it's got strawberry in the name. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Um, but fruit beers right now are, are really light and refreshing as well. So, so seek those out and emerge from your daggone cave. Yeah, leave leave the IP, the dank IPA cave, please. It's not it's not great here. Next time we podcast with beers and we have space to talk about them, I'll I'll bring something lighter, more summery, uh, more appropriate. <laughs> it's called water, and is it hurting your children? Find out at ten p.m. I can't wait to find out if I have children. <laughs> That would be the craziest nudes broadcast. <laughs> Do you have children? Find out at the 11 o'clock hour with our anchorman, Bababababoobum. 
I feel like the find out more at blank uh, is such a powerful mimetic phrase that it maybe existed even before you and I were born. I don't know that I ever heard the find out more at seven or whatever in the time I was actually alive, but it's a very powerful phrase. It's very uh, ominous. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's like we know, but you got to tune in to our shit so you can find out. Are your kids playing Doom, the new shooter game that turns them into skulls? Find out <laughs> at seven. It's called sexting, and your children are doing it constantly. Find out more at 11. It's called pills, and I'm on them. Find out <laughs> at eight. It's called cocaine, and it's fantastic. It's called your house, and I'm inside of it. Find out more now. Do you have cancer? We got your doctor's results. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have cancer? We have your family. Find out at nine. (laughs) Did you get the money we requested? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, news broadcasters. They'll never not do something for a story. Yeah, the uh, what a thing that we'll never experience again since we'll never watch the news again. I get all my news from InfoWars. I get all my news from Reddit, and boy, am I misogynist. Yay. Reddit has a problem. All right. Yeah, it really does. It really does. <laughs> so, speaking of getting angry over things that, uh, well, in this case, we should be getting angry about... Uh, we're going to go back in time a little bit, John, because while we were deep in the hole of Snyder um, covering probably the greatest movies ever made, some shit went down, my friend. Oh. Yeah, it seems like uh, the devil went down to Georgia, if you catch my drift, and uh, became and made, made Georgia a little bit closer to hell. Uh, is this all that weird Jim Crow stuff in Georgia? This is all that weird Jim Crow shit in Georgia, yes. Uh, yes, probably the way that I uh, said it, undersold it. To be honest with you, uh, with everything that's going on, but go- <laughs> this is it does not sound great. I am not as abreast of that situation as I probably should be. Neither was I, which is why I took a moment to do, uh, for the first time ever on the podcast, I did a little bit of research, John. Uh, so Isn't I could that be... a road in Austin? <laughs> What's research? Yeah, isn't that isn't that an action and civilization, the computer game? I don't understand. But no, <laughs> I looked some facts up about this whole situation. And just so you know, uh, the current president of the United States responded to this situation by tweeting out, this is some Jim Crow bullshit. That's not a quote. But his sentiments align with basically how you surmised it. I, I appreciate that. In in the midst of uh, of seemingly reinforcing the previous administration's stance on mandatory minimums, uh, that the current administration uh, seems to have done something right in what sounds like the form of a tweet. Right. So what are we talking about, dear fans? Well, let me tell you. Uh, Georgia, the state recently passed a uh, a 95 page voter not voter election reform bill i was oh stopped. so voter suppression i uh, a little bit yes and by a little bit it might be a lot of it uh here's some things that so um 
The bill was signed on either March 25th or March 31st. Found two different uh, dates for that. Uh, but Governor Brian Kemp did sign the bill into law. So certain provisions are going to go into effect on July 1st, including uh, special ballots will be created for nonpartisan elections. I don't know what that means. Um, ballots must be printed in black and white ink on security paper. Okay. okay. So uh, far, I don't think that there's anything I really have an issue with. Maybe. A, a cutoff date of 11 days before a primary general election or runoff election for mail-in ballot applications. So if you want to do okay. a mail-in ballot, you got to do it a little bit over a week beforehand, I okay. guess. A deadline for the insurance of absentee ballots at least 25 days before a federal primary general election or special election, or 22 days before a municipal general election or primary. So if you're going to do an absentee ballot, you got to do it a little under a month before the actual election. So okay, it, that seems strict. Yeah, it seems a little strict. So, so far, so good. It's kind of like, all right, whatever, you know, it this seems arbitrary, but then we get into... Ooh, can I guess? No, well, we're not there okay. yet. We're not at the okay. guessing part. Okay, okay, okay. We're getting into um, a, a Georgia State's driver's license number, mm. ID card number, date of birth, and the last four digits of a so- social security number or another approved form of identification must be printed on the outside of an absentee ballot. Uh-huh. So you got to have access to any of that bullshit. <laughs> so it, it sounds like uh, having a driver's license is a is mandatory. It does not say like driver's license or state issued ID, right? Well, it says well, ID uh, card number, so I guess that would be a state issued ID. Um, yeah, but I don't know. So, so he, here's the thing: those weren't ors. A state a state driver's license number. ID card number, date of birth, and the last four digits of a social security number. All four I mean, of those ass- things. Assuming that those are requirements, requiring someone to have a driver's license to submit a ballot uh, is uh, horribly discriminatory uh, and is basically a poll tax. Right, exactly. And, and this is just for absentee ballots, but still you're making it harder for people to vote um, because in Georgia... And, and definitely in some of the uh, less well-off neighborhoods of Georgia, uh, the wait times to vote in person are so infamous that, like, we know about it. <laughs> like, there, there's always a news story every election cycle of, of a, a person who waited six to eight to nine hours just to be able to cast their vote. I mean, Georgia's a like a a famously bad state in terms of trying to suppress the black vote and anything that constricts access to or eligibility for absentee voting is uh, voter suppression. Exactly. Uh, anything that constricts, because the, the thing about absentee ballots and mail-in ballots, we all know, we all lived through the last election. What party do those typically tend to favor? Right. And uh, would people in power benefit from constricting people's ability to cast votes that historically, statistically, 
almost without fail, favor a certain party that, for the most part, is not in power in Georgia. Yeah, the, the, the bottom line is if you really respect the democracy, the democratic nation of our country, you would want as many people to vote as possible. Um, you wouldn't want to limit that in any way, shape, or form. So all of that making absentee vote uh, ballots harder to get and harder to, to remain valid without all this information is just directly harming the uh, the vote and thusly is not democratic. And now we get to the guessing portion of the evening. Okay. I, I was going to guess the driver's license thing because a lot of states have tried to do that to fuck over black people. I'm, I'm yeah. glad to know I would have been right. You would have been right. I'm sorry. I, I thought because a larger headline made its way around the internet. Um, a, a larger headline went around the internet and I thought maybe you had seen it, but Specifically, one of the the conditions of this bill that passed is the banning of people aside from poll workers. Wait, no, that's not what I wanted to read. (laughs) No, the banning of offering money and gifts, including food or drink, to a voter is prohibited. Wait, what? You cannot give people who are standing in line water. Oh no! This is Atlanta. This is Georgia. So, so it contains a, yeah, it, it contains it a city hot called Hotlanta. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. That's its legal name. And, and vote like it has a history of voters waiting hours in long lines at polling places in the heat during the day, and now no one can offer them water. That's monstrous. So essentially it would only allow people who are able to get there first, which typically speaking are retirees, which you know how they're going to vote. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, no. So uh, Georgia Senate Senate Minority Leader Gloria Butler, a Democrat, said Republican lawmakers want to make it a crime to bring grandma some water while she's waiting in line. That's uh, and is this the part that went into law? All of this went into law. Everything. Oh, my God. It, again, it was a 95-page bill. And all of these things have been signed into law. And a lot of them will go into effect on J- July 1st. Um, so a provision, uh, like a loophole in the bill, is that uh, poll officers may make self-service water available to voters. I don't know what that means, but it seems like we're going to it seems like people are already sort of organizing every sort of loophole they can to make sure that uh whoever needs water can get access to it but it's just funny that you you can't you can't give anything to anybody anymore yeah Georgia. that's that's monstrous i i think i i guess maybe this is a response to uh leadership in georgia getting spooked by how blue parts of georgia went last election so, yes, uh, Georgia flipped blue um, during the, the, the federal, the national election, uh, the, the election that determines the leader of the, the nation. And uh, weirdly enough, just a weird coincidence, I would have to say, just nothing connected at all to Georgia going blue is here we are. 
um, November to December, December to January, January to February, February to March, March to April. Here we are five months later and this 95 voter suppression bill is going into effect. I mean, how mad do you want me to get about this? Because I, there's a thing that I truly genuinely believe that I tell people, but I'm pretty mad about it. Do you want me to get mad about it? I I want your take on this. Yes, absolutely. So we try to avoid being political in this podcast, whatever that means. That that means increasingly little. Uh, but I hold that statistically speaking, if you were to look at the way that people tend to respond to broad surveys that are not limited to the requirements needed to cast a ballot in a state local, uh, or, or national election, the way that people would vote is overwhelmingly much more progressive than the system we have right now. Like, I think most people, if you actually cornered them and allowed them to vote on the things that mattered would be at about the Bernie Sanders level. Uh, I think that the GOP only wins because they suppress votes. I, I genuinely think that they have only succeeded so far because they are pretty good at keeping people down and keeping them from voting. People would vote for them, uh, but nowhere near in enough numbers to keep them in power in the numbers that they've been in. The GOP's main goal has been voter suppression for decades. They've even said it themselves multiple times that when people turn out to vote, Republicans lose. Yeah, because Republicans don't have anyone's fucking best interests at heart ever. And so in this Georgia, this 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 thing that's happening in Georgia isn't even like the the it's not a new thing. It's been happening all over. It, this random laws requiring IDs to be able to vote, things like that. Poll taxes are they're reading comprehension tests to be able yeah. to vote. That's that's a Jim Crow law that that you know that, an, an, like an, a definite historical example. Um, but yeah, they the people in power who want to remain in power and remain in power just because not a lot of people turn out to vote don't want people to vote. And it's so insidious because a lot of it's masked in this language that makes you think that these changes make sense and are rational. Like when people say, oh, you have to include a driver's license number. What they're saying to a lot of people and to the people who now can vote or the people who would, uh, in fact, like sign this bill into law, they are people for whom a driver's license is an afterthought. It's something everybody has, and then they think, oh, that's just another form of identification. Who cares? Uh, the driver's license, as, as an institution in the United States of America, is a massive racket. There are huge portions of the populace for whom acquiring a driver's license is a months, if not years-long affair that often ends in spending 
thousands of dollars in court fees, and you may never even end up with a driver's license. And not having a driver's license precludes you from a a, a litany of social goods and, and parts of society that you can't participate in. And they rob you of your driver's license for one of three reasons, which is you're poor. They made you that way. You went to prison probably because you're poor and they made you that way. Uh, or you kind of arguably rightly avoid be, avoided being in the system for long enough, uh, also potentially because you're poor and they made you afraid that these things are just shut off from you. They're all monetary incentives to keep people down. Uh, and, and that's the language they always use when they institute these things. It's something that relatively affluent white people wouldn't give a second thought to, but it's something that seriously oppresses millions of people. Yeah, and just to, to speak kind of off my head and backed by no facts whatsoever. The best uh, kind of way to speak. A lot of people who, who think that's you know, requiring a driver's license is no problem probably don't get pulled over by the police that often um, because – very various factors let's say let's say you know apropos of nothing uh their race might have something to do with it maybe they're white uh maybe police have a tendency to racially profile and pull over black drivers more often and that would mean that maybe they get more strikes on their record and then after three strikes they lose their driver's license and now they can't vote i mean there's even a level of profiling where police officers will this is spurious. I don't want to say that's absolutely true. But cops do tend to prefer to pull over what are typically considered to be like what a white police police officer would consider to be like a black vehicle, which is usually a vehicle that is a little bit older uh, because the people are not as well off because societal pressures cause them to be poor. Right. I- exactly. Like- Tying voting to a driver's license, while it seems innocent enough, because for a, a large slice of the population, a driver's license is just something, it's, it's a rite of passage, it's a part of growing up, it's just something that everyone goes through, um, but for a, a disparaged amount of the population, a, a disenfranchised part of the population, who ha- part of the culture is not trusting the government because the government has done some fucked up shit in the past. And so maybe they don't like the driver's license is not as part of, of growing up for these people. Um, I mean, imagine that, imagine that you're a black American, right? And you're 19 years old. You've had a driver's license for a few years. You get pulled over, you get pressured into a field sobriety test, right? They hit you with a DUI, and then you have to spend thousands of dollars in court fees to get your driver's license back. Thousands of dollars that you don't have. So your two options are to take out a loan, probably like a predatory loan because you don't have credit because you're young, and then you're already in the trap, or you just won't have a driver's license for years, maybe for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because from the jump, you weren't given any opportunities to succeed. The, the point being that uh, tying the ability to vote to a driver's license is dangerous because there are very easy ways to take away a driver's license. And now you've taken away what should be, if this country was actually based on what it was based on, 
you know, uh, what should be an inherent right to all citizens of the country. Yeah, the requirement to vote, as laid out by our founding fathers, as shitty as they are, but I feel like the requirement to vote is be an American citizen. I think even you and I, people who are pretty far left of center, could agree that that's a reasonable expectation for the system we've set up, right? Exactly. if, if, If the laws impact... American citizens, American citizens should be the ones to vote. Are they naturalized aliens? Let them vote. Are they prisoners? Let them vote. Because the only thing that should matter is if you're an American citizen, because everything these people do affects you. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And the requirement to be an American citizen is you're born on American soil uh, and that's it. So like, yeah, if your parents were illegal, but you were born here, Congratulations, yeah, you're you an American test citizen. Into it and be like a naturalized citizen. Well, yeah, as no, long I, yeah, as you're a citizen, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do, yes. With that avenue, definitely open for people to, to be able to, to immigrate here legally and all that. Um, but what I'm saying... I just it, get very mad about this stuff, I'm sorry. No, I, I hear you. And if America, the government, was actually like trying... Because you, you got people like, oh, I'm a constitutionalist and... It's a literal document. There's no room for interpretation. Well, it's like, well, the document says everyone should fucking be able to vote, goddammit. So, like, why don't we just do that? And I know it doesn't actually say that. I know there's language in there that's like, well, actually, it says every man. But well, well, homeboy, if you're a constitutionalist, do you believe in any of the amendments? Exactly. uh, Even the one that that basically allows for for indentured uh, servitude and slavery if you're imprisoned. Like, if if you believe in amendments, you're not a constitutionalist. If you believe in the amendments, you know that legal documents can be changed. Yeah, and should be changed. And And the Founding Fathers thought of that, and that's why they made a route to amend the Constitution and put forth the processes to do so. Like, I mean, such a, such an easy argument with those dickheads is to be like, hey, if you're a constitutionalist, do you like guns? Because uh, your right to them is an amendment. It's a change made to that document. Right. Come exactly. on, dude. Yeah, it's very easy to get overwhelmed and just mad at these people. But th- yeah, the only thing that should be required to vote is to be an American citizen, regardless of criminality regardless because like just because you're a felon means you get no say about how the country is run that doesn't make any sense i mean dude i feel like prisoners any ward of the state should get two votes because any of us you and me right now probably maximum two months of serious saving away from complete expatriation Like, we could move to Canada or kind of anywhere else and just make the best of it. But people who are wards of the state should have more of a say in in the people they elect because they're going to be impacted by it much more than we are. And I definitely feel like the uh, the people who are unfortunately held in private prisons have an opinion about whether or not private prisons should be allowed. So they should definitely get a vote because they could improve their lives and actually get rehabilitated rather than be abused in a private prison and then fall into a situation where the, they're they're pressured into uh, relapsing or whatever the the, the that term is that are are uh, recidivism. Yeah, 
they recidivize and fall back into the system, but the system is designed to keep them there because they're profiting off them being there. It's it's just so I don't know. I Yeah. It's it's so simple to me. Uh and that's not to say that I'm like a smart guy or anything, but just from the outset, it seems simple that the the transaction and I don't try to be like a Rousseau social contract person. And I, I think that a lot of those thinkers, your Thomas Paine's kind of sucked. But I feel like wow. if you went to any of them, Way to honestly. fucking insult me, John. Are you a big Thomas Paine fan? No, I'm a big social contract fan. I mean, I think the social contract is like a, a fine idea. I don't know. I feel like if you went to any of those like enlightenment thinkers that we tend to to consider essential to the American philosophy. If you told them that we did so much to fuck over wards of the state from voting and like real natural citizens from voting, I feel like they'd be mad. I feel like that is like the, the most basic agreement is that people who are citizens of a country should vote kind of no matter what. Right. Right. And historically, people who were brought to a country against their will and then eventually were given their freedom 400 years later uh, should absolutely be naturalized automatically and given the right to vote because they never asked to be here. Yeah, without question. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of those Enlightenment thinkers would look at would look at slavery and be like, what the hell? Like. I mean, a, a lot of Enlightenment thinkers were, were really bad, but I feel like a lot of them were smart enough to spot some of the stuff and be like, come on, guys. Like, yeah, it's like liberty, fraternity, um, whatever the other one was. Egalite. Egalite, yeah. Like, I don't know my French enough to uh, liberty, fraternity, and equality, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, revolutions were built on this idea of equality and now we're enslaving people. That's not I mean, equality. <laughs> that's not, that's the exact opposite of Liberty. <laughs> don't get me started on how the French revolution changed the world. Like, I feel like the enlightenment was very much on the right track. And then the French revolution should happen, which by the way, awesome. <laughs> yeah, the French revolution. Was one of the best reign of terror was one of the best things ever happened terror. in the world. <laughs> I was going to say maybe not great some parts of the Reign of Terror. Oh, it was great. Uh, the, the guy who invented the guillotine gets killed by the guillotine. Like, we got poetic justice. Everything is happening in this Reign of Terror. It's great. I mean, without a doubt, the French Revolution is the most, like, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the most narratively satisfying arc of history. It's uh, very, it's, it's very cinemat- cinematographic. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 very good. It's that and World War Two are like the two things in history where you're like, okay, yeah, pr- pretty much tracks. Yeah, uh, with what I know of storytelling, I uh, love the French Revolution. But I feel like what happened when the French Revolution happened is a lot of people got really terrified of the power of people, uh, and then as an extension of that, seeing the wor- by the way, the the weird stereotype we have of France is like surrendery people is crazy because at the time of the French Revolution the French military was without a doubt the most powerful military in the world like by magnitudes of 10 uh, incredible the French are really good at fighting wars and the fact that they could have a country so powerful uh, be overthrown uh, by a popular uprising I think that it it, it turned into this weird like uh, morality war 
this this puritanical division of of people within society where we started to like create divisions of people based on inherent morality versus inherent worth and i think that's uh 200 years later uh what has fucked us up to this day i think the french revolution was awesome but the way people handled it is still seriously hurting us as a people yeah it's insane because all the rhetoric of America is, you know, they, I brought up the French revolution. They, they came second, but they, they borrowed a lot of their, their rhetoric from us. Um, and we kind of, I mean, a rare version of the sequel being much better than the original, (laughs) but we based a lot of our, our formation of our country on their enlightened thinkers, like the social contract, there's some of the same verbiage right in like the declaration of independence and in the constitution. Um, so it's just like we kind of gave in back and forth, but so much of the American rhetoric is, is built on this notion of like, if you think of the pledge of allegiance, like Liberty and justice for all who is what justice is being served by enforcing voter suppression laws. What Liberty I mean- is being, supported by by suppression laws and the answer can only be none that this is the antithesis of the american rhetoric i mean i I, this is maybe where i i break from some people who are traditionally very left of center i typically tend to agree with uh, certain people from the enlightenment i think that they had very good ideological points however i feel like the last 250 years has been a slow degradation and uh, compromise on a lot of those ideas to the point where we're at this weird, like racist, diminutive, compromised version of those ideals. Uh, it's not a good place to live in. Uh, I don't know. Mitch McConnell wouldn't have gotten very far. No, uh, in, not, in, no, in no. the world we wanted to build. No present day politician would get very far if they were trying to to. to... To form a nation back then. But like no one truly gets a trial of their peers anymore. No one truly gets an, an honest punishment for their crimes. Like, I don't know. Oh, the, Nothing the, ab- everything about our system has been entirely compromised by uh, morality and, and moralizing differences between people. Which is why you have people driving around with Punisher skulls on their trucks. Oh saying that they are part of the death cult of morality and criminals and black people should be killed indiscriminately. Uh, it is it is the cancer at the heart of our society. Yeah, my favorite people are the the people with the Punisher skulls who, but like, it's a blue Punisher skull or one of the... Oh, dude, <laughs> the thin blue line Punisher skull? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, you, you realize he, he kills cops, right? Like, indiscriminately. My- my favorite one I ever saw was it was a a blue Punisher skull, right? Punisher right. skull, thin blue line, and then it had Molan Labe underneath it. Unbelievable, unbelievable combination of ideologies right there. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes no sense. It's like. I uh, want to go above and beyond the law and uh, and kill criminals, I guess. Uh, but also, I back the police, uh, who, by the way, the Punisher hated. Uh, yeah. If we're talking just about the lore of the comics, Punisher not a fan of the cops. He shoots them. He kills them. 
and then it's and then Molan Labe come and take it. Like so, you love the cops. You want to kill criminals, and if the cops come and try to take your guns, you'll kill them. Yeah. Uh, it's just someone saying that they're they're fans of oppressing the oppressed. That's all it is. Yeah. It, so. so the thing about Georgia being the location for this this later this latest bout of suppression, uh, voter suppression, this this new battleground being unlocked is that um, I don't know if you know this, John, but like a shit ton of commerce goes through the state of Georgia. I mean, I know a lot of movies were filmed there from 2012 to 2019. Yeah, it's the Hollywood of the South. Um it's been it's been it's been called uh Disney and Marvel does a shit ton of filming in the state of Georgia. Uh but it's also, you know, of course the headquarters of Coca-Cola, uh Delta, Porsche, UPS, Bank of America, JP Morgan you- Chase. Citigroup. UPS and Bank of America. Wow, really? American Express, Viacom CPS, and Home Depot. Oh my God. All of these companies. Georgia this, sounds like the New York City of America. Yeah, this is this is they have all all of these companies have their headquarters for their entire operations in Georgia. On top of Hollywood also using it as a, a very frequent filming location. Um, I had I had no idea. I mean, I've been through Atlanta and someone pointed a gun at me and that's really the only time I've been <laughs> in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I went to Atlanta for a friend's wedding and got stuck in traffic and missed uh, part of the, uh, the rehearsal and uh, just left a really bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> I told I, my- uh, <laughs> I was driving through Atlanta for one reason or another. I forget what I was doing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I stopped at a stoplight and someone came up and like tapped on my windshield, um, my, uh, my window. And I was like, don't want to talk to this guy. Oh God. Uh, and then I waited for the light to turn green and then it turned green. I drove away. I saw that he was putting a gun back in his jacket. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like a second away from being carjacked. Yeah. Awesome. Damn. Uh, Atlanta's rough and Georgia is a beautiful, beautiful state. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. But uh, of course, um, when political battle lines, that's not what they're called, when political battlegrounds are, are drawn in the sand, if you will, follow me on this mixed metaphor, um, people are going to respond. And respond they did. Um, so the, the biggest thing, the first thing that happened is uh, Major League Baseball, the MLB, Apparently, have they have their All Star game in Atlanta? I, I don't know if this is an, a yearly thing or if this was just going to be in twenty twenty one. But they pulled this this All Star game out of Atlanta and uh, moved it to Denver, Colorado. Oh, nice home of the Nuggets. The Nuggets, yeah. Well, Coors Field. Whoever plays at Coors Field. Might be the Nuggets. The Nuggets is, I think the Nuggets is actually a hockey team. No, basketball? I have no idea. I think it's basketball. I Look, this is sports time, and I follow like maybe half of a sport. Um, but yes, MLB, uh, baseball, the American pastime, it's been called. Oh, duh, the Rockies. The Rockies are the, the Rockies. baseball team. 
they're pull, they pulled out this this all star game and also the draft the the I guess the draft was supposed to be in Atlanta. Both of those were pulled from the state, uh, which triggered uh, just a, 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 the funniest thing. Uh, <laughs> the funniest thing I, I could ever see on the the internet, which is uh, a bunch of politicians saying that baseball is boring, which we all know is true. Uh-huh. But it's uh, baseball is like the American pastime. Like it's it, that's the nickname. It, it's the most American thing next to apple pie. It's it's been said. Uh, so it's funny to see politicians make fun of baseball. I feel like uh, I mean nothing about the American identity is unimpeachable. Uh, if if anything like gets the ire of conservatives, they'll turn against it. Uh, you know, I'm just waiting for like. Heckler and Koch. Heckler and Coke? Koch? I don't know who these people are. Uh, it's a, They make guns. H&K. I just imagine if H&K made like a Black Lives Matter Instagram post, conservatives would immediately turn against guns because oh, yeah, their absolutely. entire platform is based on that of identity politics and they're, yeah. they're sad little snowflakes. Yeah, no, if the uh, NRA came out and, ha- and did a Black Lives Matter or a Stop Asian Hate post, like they would drop the NRA and they're a cornerstone. They're such sensitive of- little babies. Yeah. Uh, they really are. Yeah. Um, okay, but so they, I, I think that's I think that's interesting because nothing about the American identity is unimpeachable to these people. They will forego anything if it means uh, serving their master, which is uh, reactionary knee jerk reactions to identity politics. Yeah, if the colors red, white, and blue could put out a statement like in favor of uh, or, or de- decrying white supremacy, the Republicans would drop those colors. Yeah, absolutely. They'd be like, we need to make a new flag. It's uh, black, purple, and gold. <laughs> what? Um, all right, so that, that was the first sort of bit of, uh, I don't want to call it retaliation, but uh, that was the first response out of this voter suppression law being signed into into law. Um, By the way, that- real quick, anyone who argues about baseball being called America's pastime gets it wrong. It is America's pastime because you pass a ton of time watching baseball because it's so fucking boring. Anyway, wah, moving wah, on. Wah, 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 wah. It's more fun live. Oh, I love going to the Dell Diamond in Round Rock, Texas and watching the something... Round Rock sp- Express. Round Rock Express. It's like they, they had good games. I they actually miss- do. Baseball is my favorite game to watch live. I love oh, yeah. baseball. I, I love I that truly it's, do. Know, it's it's an event. You know, it's going to be an all day thing. You'll sit there for like five hours, and yeah. then the game gets canceled by because of fog, and no one cares. It's I don't know. There is no game like baseball other yeah. than cricket. I really truly enjoy watching baseball. Yes, it's great. Um, so that was the first response. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sorry. The second response was uh, Will Smith, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try this name, Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, you're uh, yeah. Okay, uh, they pulled out their their film Emancipation out of Georgia, moving it to Louisiana on April 12th. Well, uh, hell yeah! And this sparked uh, a huge thing because Hollywood was silent; they did not. And Hollywood is not one organization, um, but by and large, a lot of actors and directors and and studios did not issue any statements. And so Will Smith and Antoine Fuqua pulling emancipation 
out of Georgia was like the first kind of big stone that was tossed. It was the first thing in Hollywood that happened. Uh, but shortly after, uh, Mark Hamill, James Mangold, who directed Logan, uh, the Writers Guild of America, they all issued boycotts of Georgia. Um, the Writers Guild, a little more uh, of a tenuous sort of boycott because they honestly, they can't control where their members are getting jobs. Um, but they issued a statement. Uh, Tyler Perry, who literally just spent $250 million on a production facility in Atlanta, uh, spoke out. He, he, he's not boycotting Georgia because he just set up that facility, but he just spoke, he, he issued a statement. Uh, but the, the one that really got to me, because uh, right now the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is, is airing on Disney Plus, and it touches on racial inequality in the first episode. We uh, seriously have to... There's no way out of this podcast without talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but Disney and Marvel, who who do a ton of filming in Georgia, completely and utterly silence, silent, which I found interesting in the wake of that first episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier, where mm-hmm. they highlight racial inequality still being alive in their comic universe. I mean, how many times does Georgia have to be whooped about this? Because Georgia has been boycotted, and this is going off the dome and may be wrong, but I think they were boycotted in 2016, 2017, 2019, and now. Because every time Georgia passes some stupid fucking transphobe, homophobe, voter suppression, racist bullshit, people pull out of Georgia. And I feel like people are clamoring to give Georgia money. Just take the money. (laughs) Yeah. The Walking Dead for like four months, the worst yet somehow most highest grossing TV show, which was funneling millions of dollars into the state of Georgia, filmed elsewhere for like four months after they posted, after they uh, signed into law that weird transphobe bill. Like, just get on the ball, Georgia. Accept the money. Be cool. And you would think that, you know, capitalism, of course, is a, is a, a real political force. And uh, this is this is voting with your dollar, plain and simple. Uh, punishing political decisions by removing uh, capital opportunities. You would think all these boycotts would amount to something, but I think at the end of the day, the the fast paced news cycle and and the way the how fast media churns just sort of makes it so that these boycotts. So yeah, Will Smith pulled his movie out. Marvel and Disney don't care. They're they're waiting for this to blow over. And yeah, so I mean, not- considering Marvel and Disney together have like done more to uphold the American military industrial complex over the last 20 years than any entity. I don't imagine that they're going to be overly reactive. Right. And, and they just want to make the most money they can. And Georgia has a huge tax break for filming. So, I mean, yeah, it makes sense while they're still there, whatever. Um, and then the big thing that, that like, all of these other corporations who I, I named earlier who have headquarters in Georgia, all they do is issue a statement. Yeah. 
I've got a list here of companies that issued statements either on Twitter or through their official press channels. Um, and I, it, all I did was list them because I, I, they're not going to do anything. Yeah, they're, a statement means effectively nothing. Yeah, and like Home Depot, just for a for instance, was like, we're going to make sure all of our employees have the materials and the, and the, the information they need to be able to vote. And that's easy to say, but like, what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to give them pamphlets sort of informing them on candidates? And then you're going to, who's writing those pamphlets and what biases are going to be in those pamphlets? And are you going to try to skew your employees to vote a certain way? Because the owner of Home Depot uh, very famously donated to the Trump campaign. Like, yeah. By the way, quick aside, owner of Home Depot, uh, very anti-union. I mean, any leader of a capitalist enterprise in America is anti-union. Donate a bunch of money to Trump is a white dude, is arguably a shithead. Uh, shop at Lowe's or uh, Bar Hardware or Ace Hardware, which are actually workers cooperatives. Shop at those. Oh, man, that's cool. Wait, Ace Hardware is uh, like the the oldest business in my hometown. Yeah, shop at uh, shop at places where you can feel good about your money. I I don't know. I've been doing some repairs around the house. Try to go to Lowe's wherever you can. The shit's the same. Yeah, we, we this is a Lowe's household. Um, minus the the one time we went to Home Depot because we had a gift card, but like the money was already sort of there. So whatever. Yeah, go to Lowe's if you can. Yeah. So I, all these corporations just just list. They do the 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 you know. It's like the um, the Pride Month thing where, you know, they make the Home Depot logo a rainbow or whatever for a month or, you know. I mean, whatever they can do legally, just to give you like a peek behind the curtain, if they're saying something like all of our associates will have the materials they need to vote, if legally speaking, that means they could obtain the materials themselves through an independent search, then that's the statement they'll put out and they won't do anything about it. Right, right. All they're trying to do is get past the period where people care about this so they can get to the other side and keep doing uh, whatever either amoral or immoral thing they were doing before. Yeah, it's positive lip service to distract you from the fact that they don't let their – this is a bad example, but they don't let their their employees take bathroom breaks. That's more of an Amazon thing, but oh, we so, have so much to talk about Amazon that we don't have time to talk about that yeah, happened no. while we were talking about the Snyder Cut. Yeah, but something akin to that is is all I mean. Like they just want you to look. Oh, look! Oh, Home Depot. They're they're. Oh, look how woke they're being. Oh, they're supporting. Uh, they're anti voter suppression. That's great. Meanwhile, you know their owner is donating still to the Trump weird legal defense campaign for no reason. Yeah. Who would work for a company whose owner uh, gave money to that? Not me. Not, not me. Yeah. Oh, I hear what you're saying and I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Uh, there's another thing. It's fine. I won't talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it after we finish recording. I got gotcha. you. But yeah, it's just – and then another movement I saw, and, and this is pretty valid, um, is like don't pull your business out of Georgia. 
because all you're doing is hurting Georgians, people who live in Georgia, who rely on those those film jobs and rely uh, on, I, I guess, the MLB jobs. I don't know what goes into that, but you're just There's hurting. a guy, he like polishes the baseballs. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're hurting the baseball polisher. Um, yeah, the people who live there who now don't have access to those jobs, you're hurting them instead of hurting the politicians who are the ones making the bad decisions. See, I mean, that's, it's such an impossible line to toe though, because like you and I both live in Texas. We make no secret of this. Yeehaw, Tex-Mex, carne asada. Uh, But sometimes Texas does really shitty things. And a lot of people will condemn the residents and citizens of Texas for this. And I I disagree with that because I think the residents and citizens of Texas, uh, maybe less so than other states, but I feel like their head is in the right place and and every human being kind of wants the same thing. So, like, how, how do you strenuously oppose legislation passed at the state level while continuing to give... Uh, residents of that state jobs i don't i don't know how you do that other than a statement which like we said means nothing right um one of the funnier things that happened uh in result of all this i this is such stupid bullshit but the mlb they pulled the all-star game out of atlanta and uh, the texas rangers was going their, their opening day their their first game of the season they invited uh, Greg Abbott, our, our governor, to throw the first pitch, the opening pitch of the season, and he declined. <laughs> and he declined well, uh, solely because the MLB took the All Star Game out of it, out of Atlanta, out of Georgia. Right. I'm I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure that that was. Uh, he woke nice up for him to be able to deny it. He woke up that day with the offer on the table and decided, no, I'm going to punish the MLB by not throwing out the first pitch, which, as anyone knows, isn't even a fucking like not even it, the, nothing, a nothing part of the whole the whole day. Just the small. It's like. Smaller than the singing of the national anthem, smaller than anything, smaller than the coin toss. I don't know if there was a coin toss, but in football, there, there's a there coin is toss. A, there is not okay. a coin toss in baseball. Well, in football, there's a coin toss, and it's smaller than that. It's it's the seventh inning stretch is bigger than the, the first pitch or whatever, the opening pitch. And, and he's like, I'm going to make a political statement by denying the, the literal, the smallest involvement I could ever have with this organization whose decisions I disagree with. And, you know, I mean, I feel like we were all robbed of that. Cause I mean, look at Greg Abbott. He's an incredible athlete. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't make any, any yeah. dumb jokes. They're too yeah. easy. Uh, but I'm just glad that we didn't have an opportunity to see more of Greg Abbott on TV. Me too. I'm, I'm after all of the, uh, the press conferences and stuff. During the the winter storm, that was that was Mayor Adler, but after the uh, the the just the botching, the the continuous botching, disaster after disaster, I'm sick of the man, and I'm happy that he didn't get uh, a chance to throw a precious baseball or whatever. 
Yeah, so I'm glad that Salman Rushdie or whatever threw it out instead. Yeah, it was Salman Rushdie. The uh, the Ayatollah had his Bakwa. <laughs> Ayatollah Khomeini. <laughs> they they got together in a historic moment and 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 forgave each other and hand in hand throw that first threw that first pitch out. Yeah, is Salman Rushdie still alive? Absolutely. Is is Ayatollah Khomeini still alive? Uh, Salman Rush. <laughs> oh no. Uh, he is 73 years old. And then, okay, uh, I can tell you definitively, Ayatollah Khomeini. <laughs> I think we did this yesterday, not yesterday, last podcast, uh, when we uh, got really close to my birthday on the date of something. Ayatollah Khomeini actually died very close to my birthday. Oh, so Salman, Salman Rushdie outlived his fatwa. Yeah, he outlived his fatwa by fucking 20 years or whatever. Wow. Good for him. More than 20 years, however old I am. Hold on one second. Are you doing the math to see how old you are? Because that would be funny. Yeah, 30-something years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, that's good for him. I'm glad he survived his fatwa. uh, Is there actually a... You know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? (laughs) Well, um, baseball, baseball. Well, well, we're just we're sad. We're sad that these voter suppression laws are going into effect. And uh, it doesn't seem like any of these boycotts are going to have any effect on them, because why would they? You know, politicians are not motivated. We're not hurting their wallets. Yeah, I mean, all we're doing is hurting their state. And when does a politician ever cared about their state? Almost literally never in my experience. Yeah, it, uh, they they really don't have our best interests at heart. Maybe we should try living in a state with uh, with more left leaning politicians. They also probably then still wouldn't care. It's almost like if you put a bunch of rich white people in charge of things, they don't really care about anything other than themselves. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, it's sad. I uh. I was going to bring up this whole other thing, but I don't know how much time we really realistically have to talk about it. Uh, Is it happy? No, it was going (laughs) to make us pretty mad, and it's a relatively long article, so maybe we'll save it till next week, or everyone will forget about it, and who cares? You're going to bring it up in the middle of the Godzilla supplemental reading? Yeah, that's the plan. Wow, uh, an okay. article about someone suddenly becoming rich in the middle of a Godzilla supplemental ring. Oh, I get to watch Godzilla. Yeah, we get to watch Godzilla again. That'll be fun. Man, I uh, we have been trying desperately to live up to the greatness that was the uh, the summer of Fast and Furious. And uh, maybe the summer of Godzilla will be similar. Maybe it will. But I know in my heart it won't. Also, I just found the happy note to end on. A new F9 colon The Fast Saga uh, trailer is going to drop literally tomorrow. Oh my god, we can watch it live! I During the Godzilla supplementary. (laughs) Fuck! I will not be watching this trailer. Uh, I already saw the one trailer... That you showed me, 
in person, which sounds yeah. ludicrous to say. <laughs> in person, we watched this pot that trailer live, and you 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 filmed my reactions. Um, that was over a year ago. I lived in a whole different place. Oh my god, life is stupid, and I hate it. I was gonna say you lived in the same place, and then I realized you live in a different place. Life comes at you fast and furious. Yeah. Uh, where I get it, you're not gonna watch the second trailer. I probably shouldn't either. It's coming out sooner than we realize. However, something important to keep in mind is by the time Fast Nine comes out, you and I will both be fully vaccinated against known variants. Yeah. Most we're going to the fucking variants. Theater. We're going to the we're fucking gonna go to theater. theater. I'm going to get a veggie burger. You're yeah. going to get, I don't know, whatever the fucking trash you eat. And then I eat we're trash. Both I eat gonna trash, go. John. I'm going to eat a big plate of trash. We're both going to drink a Hans Pills. <laughs> we're going to watch Is that a Fast thing? 9. Hans Pills. We were drinking Hans Pills for a lot of, uh, no, we weren't. We were drinking Coronas. Yeah, Coronas, you ass. Yeah. We'll get Coronas. We'll drink them. It's going to be great. This is going to be the fall of Fast 9. Yeah, it comes out in like September. colon, the fall of Dominic Toretto. Oh, no. Not the fall. Ouch. He's going to fall. He's going to fall hard. You know, most movies don't take nine movies for the protagonist to fall. Uh, But if we've learned anything, these movies are on a slower time scale. Yeah. Uh, We... I cannot stress this enough. After this episode, we are going to be indisposed for anywhere from four to five weeks as we talk about fucking Godzilla movies. We're not going to intersperse them. We're going to do one after the other. This We're doing the spring of Godzilla. Oh, yeah. We wanted it to be the summer of Godzilla. Yeah. I, I feel like we should do every other. Just in case every, something happens. Okay. We can stretch it out. That's fine. I, I've seen most of these movies. I feel like we can we can really make a meal of it. And once again, I would like to state unequivocally that the end goal of this is to watch all of the uh, WB Godzilla movies and Shin Godzilla, which Henry has yes, not seen. Which I've never I, seen. I have seen and considered to be like one of the best movies ever made, uh, Godzilla or not. Uh, so that is the treat. If you stick through the summer of Godzilla, you get the summer of Shin Godzilla. Uh, then, I don't know, maybe we'll watch, do a supplemental reading of Neon Genesis Evangelion, which we should probably do a supplemental reading of Falcon and the Winter Soldier first, because it's actually like, fuck a WandaVision. WandaVision was fine, but Falcon and Winter Soldier is way more interesting. It really is. Uh, it doesn't have a mystery box, which makes me instantly like it more. How did they make like 20 superhero movies and never talk about race and then make a show about race? Yeah. How did they do that? It's it's, uh, very interesting. I feel like there's a lot to talk about there. You're never going to get a supplemental reading of the first or second season of The Mandalorian. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And while we're at it, uh, we also uh, have two more supplemental readings coming at you sometime soon. That's right. Season two and season three of... Fucking oh fuck <laughs> no! I forgot about that. Fucking Fast and Furious Spy Racers, man. Okay, um, maybe we'll intersperse the summer of Godzilla with a supplemental. I we need, really we need to get a fucking this. Patreon for some of this shit. 
We here's the problem though. We actually owe them three supplemental readings. Which ones? We owe them Fast and Furious Spy Racer season two. Maybe we'll do two and three as one episode. Save ourselves a how? Headache. How could we possibly? That would require watching. I'm just doing the math in my head. Twelve hours of content in one weekend, and then filming, recording right. an episode. Uh, however, we do owe them Fast and Furious Crossroads, which oh, uh, I haven't promised... even bought the game yet. It was promised we'll soon both be vaccinated. So once we're both vaccinated oh. and uh, you know what? You know what? You know what? I don't know how uh, how Twitch VODs work, VODs work. But what if we just recorded like an hour of us playing it and we didn't talk about or finish the game? That that'd be enough, right? Maybe. Probably. Yeah. We'll put it on our YouTube, which can uh. no longer be monetized. No, no. Just that one thing we uploaded can't be monetized. That one thing, which is 50 episodes of this podcast. No, it's just one episode. I, I, I didn't even go forward with the whole prop, the whole thing. Uh, I would much prefer that than finishing Fast and Furious Crossroads. Let's just do that. You're going to get a sweet-ass hour-long YouTube video. I don't know how this works. Henry's an expert. Okay. Uh, so you get an hour-long YouTube video of us playing Fast and Furious Crossroads. What if we get real into it? <laughs> then you'll get a whole playthrough. You'll get a motherfucking long play. Yeah, we'll do a long play of that shit. Except we'll be talking over it, so it's more of a let's play. The dichotomy is strange. Uh, we'll do that. Summer of Godzilla, spring slash summer of Godzilla, the blooming of Godzilla, becoming a beautiful woman. Uh, Fast and Furious Spy Racers, seasons two and three. And then also, we're gonna do one for Fast... It's it's a big supplemental reading filled year. We got a lot of work ahead of us. We got a lot of work to do. After a season where we did maybe one, yeah, like we need really to catch up. Hard. I mean, if we look at the numbers, supplemental readings are the ones that make us the happiest. They are statistically, they're the ones who make us the happiest because we'll uh, we'll at least we have something to talk about. We'll change the entire focus of the podcast to be just supplemental readings. I've been saying. You have? I've been saying we should do that. When did you say this? 200 episodes ago. Oh. We did Over the Garden Wall, and I said, hey, you know what? Fuck the rest of this podcast. Fuck the rest of this podcast. Nothing but Over the Garden Wall. That's it. That's it. And Gravity Falls. Yeah. Well, I'm now that uh, we've we've reached the point after 9 p.m. where we're both either too tired or too well, drunk to continue. No, you just promised 50 billion <laughs> supplemental readings, and the notion of doing all of this work has just exhausted me. I've got There's, energy. I could keep going. It's just you keep putting these responsibilities on me that Henry, make me not want to keep going. <laughs> Henry, I just want to let you know, I promised shit. Uh, these are all things we've committed to. These are simply reminders. I know. Stop reminding me of what I said I'm going to do. It I'm just, makes I'm just your Google sleepy. calendar. I'm just your Google calendar for these things. You promised these oh. yourself. Uh, you have no one to blame but yourself. Summer of Godzilla coming at you talking about Godzilla. Let me list them for you. Godzilla. Kong Skull Island. Godzilla King of the Godzillas. And Kong versus Kong. <laughs> 
What? <laughs> okay, let me list them for you again because you didn't fucking listen the first time. Godzilla of Godzilla, Kong of the Skull Island, Godzilla, King of Godzilla, Gong of a Gong. <laughs> Why? Why? We're gonna Godzilla. <laughs> we're gonna watch Godzilla. We're gonna oh. watch Skull. We're gonna watch King Godzilla, and we're watching God, God, God. All right, you heard it here first, folks. I'm too far away from the mic. I'm closer now. You heard it here first, folks. That's right. Summer of Godzilla coming at you every other week. Every other week in spring. In spring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then Shin Godzilla, to the, the cap it off. Five movies, five supplemental readings. Godzilla five earlier. supplemental readings, ten weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Two idiots. Let's... What is so hard to understand? Five movies, ten weeks, Godzilla, King of Godzilla, <laughs> Skull of Kongzilla, Gong versus Gong, Shin Godzilla. What is so hard to understand? Five movies, ten weeks. You said the wrong order. Kong of Skullzilla. Stop it. Okay. Oh, we're doing theatrical. Five movies, ten weeks. Stop. Spy Racers. No. Seasons two and three. No, that's not part of the summer of Godzilla. The Fall of Spy Racers, <laughs> followed by the, the Fall of Dominic Toretto, Fast and Furious uh, 8, in theaters. Nine, you idiot. Spring 2020. John, <laughs> just tell them how they can reach us. All right. If you want to send us a, t- a tweet... Usually I feel like my my intro to this is a lot better. I'm pretty punchy. There was a there was an interruption uh and it's uh I'm better for it. Our air conditioner broke down and I have no idea how we fixed it. If you want to send us how to fix our air conditioner, you can do so too. Uh zcpcwhj on twitter.com which stands for Henry that stands for, it's five movies over ten weeks. It's Godzilla. It's Skull Island. It's King of Godzillas. It's Gong vs. Gong. And then Shin Godzilla to wrap it up. Gong versus Gong. And if you want to send us your gong, you can do so too. Email at zerocredits.net. It's an email. It's a website. It's two things. It's kind of a sloppy redirect. But I mean, if you type it in, you'll go somewhere. And that's good enough for me, Neopets. If you want to find us on Spotify, we're on it. Search for Zero Credits in the podcast section of Spotify, which I still haven't managed to find because I'm just listening to this one goddamn Hall and Oates song over and over again. Have you ever heard you're making my dreams come true by Hall and Oates, Henry? No, I, I have not. You should listen to it. It's maybe the best song ever made. Musically, very dense. We're on Apple Podcasts. Search for Zero Credits Podcasts on Apple. And we're there. One of the best ways people can learn about the show is for you to like the show, rate the show, and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts because people with Apple devices have a lot of money to burn, if you know what I'm talking about. They got those laptops, they got those watches, and they got those little funny computers with all the colors. You remember the little all-in-one MacBooks that were the funny colors? Like the Mac, like there was a laptop and there was, it's like a, they, the monitor... 
The monitor is the computer when you're talking about a Macintosh. Yeah, I do remember that. I do <laughs> when rem- you're talking about Henry, please. <laughs> I remember that, and they also had a weird uh, crossover deal with Volkswagen Beetle, where you could get a Volkswagen Beetle in the same color and style as your MacBook. Stupid fucking, la- uh, not laptop, but monitor. Henry, please, when you're talking about Macintosh, the laptop's the computer, the computer's the laptop. The most important way, the best way oh uh, for people to learn about the podcast is word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Uh, so please tell everyone you know a lot of people, a lot of states now, they're being vaccinated, a lot of states, they get the vaccine now. Uh, so a lot of people are getting vaccinated, they're going around, they're talking to people. So this is the first time I can tell you that if... You have been fully vaccinated. You're outdoors. And a friend of yours has been fully vaccinated. Number one, open mouth kiss them uh, on the mouth, ears, and knees. But then after that, tell them uh, to listen to the Zero Credits podcast, the only podcast that has held it down through the pandemic. All other podcasts have uh, have waned into obscurity, and we're the only one remaining. Uh, King of the Hill style, so they should probably listen to us. And uh, then we will have a loyal army of vaccinated and well-kissed followers. And from everyone here at the Five Movies, Ten Weeks Studios, we want to wish you a happy Godzilla summer in spring. God, people must be so hyped after hearing that, just like, just like Godzilla, you know? Just like so hot right now. I bet, I bet if we had the analytics that let us see when people stop listening, uh, it would be as soon as we said Godzilla (laughs) the first time. Yeah, if we had like a a readout of the the heartbeat of our listeners just flatline at Godzilla, the mention of Godzilla this long after Godzilla versus Kong came out, it killed them. They're dead. They're absolutely dead. And uh, hopefully you're still alive so I can say goodbye. Goodbye. Godzilla. Goodzilla. What a sad time followed by just (laughs) sheer madness.